Welcome to BiPlus, podcasting for the BiPlus universe. I am Mick Collins, and today we are with Jesse Gardner, graduate assistant at the University of Kansas Center for Sexuality and Gender Diversity. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Mick. It's really great to be here. <laughs> well, we are glad, or I, we, I am glad to have you <laughs> uh, flying solo. So first off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, definitely. So as Mick said, I'm Jesse. Um, I use she, her pronouns. Currently, I am the grad assistant for the KU Center for Sexuality and Gender Diversity, um, which is an extension of the requirements of my master's program. Um, I'm a master's student in the higher education administration program at KU. Um, my life is really centered around education and advocacy. Um, just a little bit about my past. I graduated from Baker University back in May of 2021. Um, I got my bachelor's in music and sociology and a minor in gender studies and was really involved, um, especially in our LGBT organization called Total Equality Alliance. Um, yeah. All right, <laughs> very cool, very cool. Um, so kind of describe your position and all that entails there at the KU Center. Yeah, for sure. Um, so at the center, I'm responsible for a lot of things, day-to-day um, -day tasks like getting the center ready for visitors, um, greeting students and any parents that might be on campus tours, any other faculty, staff, or even community members as they come into the center. Um, I help create programming surrounding the needs of our queer and trans students. I help run events. Um, like our social groups and our tabling events out in the union. And I also help supervise our undergraduate ambassador staff. Um, and lastly, I assist in the creation of our safe zone training materials. Very cool. Um, so, and I was kind of curious, is this uh, the Center for Sexuality and Gender Diversity is a fairly new thing or is it something that's been around for a while? Um, so the official center was created back in 2014, I believe, um, and we finally got a physical space in the Kansas Memorial Union on KU's campus. Um, so the idea of having a center has been around for a while, but physically we've been here less than a decade. Okay, so fairly new. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned the about setting up like safe spaces. Can you explain a little bit what that is? Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the main goals that the center has is to create any kind of kind of like a home away from home um, for any of our students. Um, it acts as like a hub kind of safe space for anybody to come and express who they are without any feelings of rejection or fear of, you know, any marginalization. Um, we're really there to create a homey and welcoming space for students who might need that. Yeah, see, that's cool. Because I mean, I remember, you know, like Elizabeth was saying earlier when we were talking kind of, I guess, off camera, um, that, uh, you know, I was in college in the 90s and you really didn't have a lot of that. Of course, I went to a little junior college. So I think I, I seem to remember there was some sort of program, but it was very small and cliquish. And mm -hmm. so, you know, kind of safe space was kind of hard to find um, and finding that is becoming more and more prevalent, especially in, in um, 
college environments, academic environments is really nice because especially a lot of these folks going into it, they're far from home, you know, and so any sort of safe they might have had, but, you know, it's pretty much gone. So it's good to see that more and more of these are, are coming about and especially there at uh, Kansas. Definitely. Um, so you were mentioned some of the uh, like things that you offer. Um, so is there, is there anything that you, that, I don't know, I think you can actually, I think you kind of addressed this, <laughs> the question uh, about what you offer to the students at the, the university level. I don't know if you wanted to discuss maybe some of those programs in a little more detail. Sure. Um, so we have recurring programs um, that happen every week. And those include like our queer coffee hour, which is actually happening right now. Um, that's just where we get free coffee for students. They can come in and kind of decompress and have a social environment to hang out with other queer and trans students. Um, we also have our QT film club, which happens every other week. Um, and that's where we showcase uh, a film uh, that is related to the QT realm. Um, whether that's a historical documentary or something relevant to pop culture. Um, but it's another way that students can kind of come in and connect. And then we also host a gamer night every Wednesday night. And that one seems to be our like most popular recurring program. We just get so many students, at least 30 every week that just come in and hang out, play games on the, on the uh, NES. Um, board games and card games or D&D &D even. Um, so that one's super popular. We also have like signature events, um, like our Pride Celebration Days, is what we call them. Um, a lot of them center around either specific Pride Days or Awareness Weeks, like we did Asexual Awareness Week last semester and Bi Pride and Pan Pride last semester. So um, it's really just kind of what the students need and what's kind of coming up on the radar in terms of like um, national or relevant events in terms of the queer and trans space. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I was actually I was going to ask you about that. You know, if you do highlight, you know, different parts of the rainbow, as it were, um, you know, that's that's very cool. And, that, and that's another thing um, I think we're seeing more of, too, is more than just like the generic umbrella of everybody, you know, everyone can now come out and be who they are in a more visible way, which mm -hmm. is very cool. So uh, another thing uh, was touched on, what is the SGD sensitivity training? And uh, how many uh, heterosexual and cisgender students involve themselves in the training and how successful has it been? Yeah, so um, we do our sensitivity sensitivity trainings um, multiple times a semester. We call them safe zones, uh, which is based off of a nationally practiced curriculum. Many programs within different universities and colleges differ though, um, since there's not an official standardized curriculum. Um, they're simply suggested topics and learning outcomes. So we have developed our own curriculum and kind of revamped it. Uh, to three different levels. So we have the first level of QT 101 that gives participants kind of an overview of what the queer and trans 
umbrella or rainbow is kind of made up of, like um, learning to use proper pronouns, um, learning to use someone's preferred name, that kind of thing. Level two is all about intersectionality and how multiple marginalized identities interact and sometimes cause more marginalization in certain situations. Um, and then the third level is all about active allyship. How can we actively get out into the community and start to change things for the better? Um, so the majority of the people who participate in the trainings are either cisgender or heterosexual. Um, according to our data, about 86% of the participants identify as cisgender and about 59% identify as heterosexual. Um, so the participants of the trainings range from students um, to academic departments to administrative departments. So we get all sorts of people from all across campus that come to learn about the QT community and expand their knowledge. And we're really thankful for them for doing that. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Um, you know, you're getting that so much out, outreach is coming out, not so much just from our community, but, you know, outside of it too. Now, have you guys gotten any, I guess, any flack or, you know, any negative responses from what you guys are doing? Or has it been primarily positive? Yeah, um, most of our feedback has been positive and constructive. Uh, we give a pre-test and a post-test and there's um, sections in those tests that uh, participants are allowed to make comments or suggestions. And we haven't really gotten any pushback or anything like that. So it's been pretty, pretty successful, really. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I because uh, I know sometimes, especially programs centered around colleges and universities, sometimes, you know, the outlying community can sometimes get a little sniffy about certain things, but I think those tides are starting to change um, a little here and there, which is nice because um, the strife gets old real quick. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, now, uh, most of the events are centered, obviously, there within the university. Do you guys do any outside community events or, or uh, participate in anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so recently in Lawrence, um, a new queer and trans kind of student hub has been created called the House of McCoy. And we have done a bit of collaboration with them, um, whether that's like fundraising for them or um, collaboration with like student organizations. Um, for example, OSTEM, which is out in STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Um, they are currently doing a series of fundraisers with the House of McCoy uh, to kind of give them a push financially and to get them better resources. Um, we also reach out to the greater Kansas City community, um, like especially when it comes to our Kansas Drag Showcase. Uh, we recruit performers from all around the state of Kansas to come and give a great night of fun performances to our students and community members. Everyone is welcome to attend that. Um, so yeah, we have collaborations kind of all over the place. Very cool. Yeah, I uh, getting the community support is always a nice thing, you know, because mm -hmm. it also it helps you from feeling, you know, closed in. Now, is there any collaborations with any of the other 
universities or university systems or is it pretty much just local community? So currently, I believe most of our work is centered within Lawrence. Um, there are some chances for connection between other universities, like, um, for example, the Big 12 LGBTQIA conference is coming up, and that's where um, professionals within the realm of kind of diversity and inclusion work focused on LGBTQ plus individuals can kind of come together um, and participate in panels and learning sessions and brainstorming sessions and just kind of share what all they have learned over the past few years. Um, I forget how often it occurs, but that's coming up pretty soon. So yeah, most of the time we just focus on our university because we do have a lot to work on still. We've, we've come a long way, but there's always room for improvement. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of a across the board there. You know, we're, we're doing good, but there's definitely work to be done, you know, partially why we're, while, why we're here, you know, to focus on that and, and help you guys out as much as we can um, build community overall. So yeah, it's much good. appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much, but you know, it's honest work. Um, so is there anything new, any projects or, or things you guys have on the on the burner that you're trying to develop or would like to see in the future? Gosh, we've always got new ideas coming in. Um, our program coordinator for um, student engagement and events, Zach Parker, is really amazing when it comes to developing programming. Um, so we always have new things in the works and they always revolve around our four pillars, we call them, um, in the center. So the things that we try and convey through our programming, like uh, the four pillars are education, connection, advocacy, and wellness. And so all of our programs have at least one connection to one of those pillars. Most of the time there's multiple pillars that are touched on each event. Um, but let's see. I know that the annual drag showcase is going to be a lot bigger this year than it was last year. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, lots of fun. Um, I attended it last year and it was so amazing. Um, just, oh, so good. I think drag shows just by law, they're so much fun. I've never Honestly. been to one that wasn't just the best time ever. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> Um, I think we've got like 16 performers lined up for this one. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah, quite a few to fit into a few hours. But yeah. Logistically, we, we've worked it out and it'll be a tight set list, but right. I feel like we can turn it out. Nice. Yeah, well, good luck. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, well, I can't, I think we pretty much run through most of the questions. Anything at all that we miss, you'd like to discuss, bring up about the program or, you know, anything else just in general? Sure. Um, just kind of a general statement. If there are any people out there who are looking to find a community 
you don't necessarily have to be a student to come in and take advantage of our resources. Um, we are open to the university community and the Lawrence community. Um, even if you just need a place to come in and decompress or a place to come study, you know, our doors open 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. So you're more than welcome to come and visit us. I, I love interacting with people. And so that would be kind of the cherry on top of my day. <laughs> yes, anybody in the area, go in and stop in, say hi and, you know, support because this is this is the type of thing we definitely need to see more of and it sounds like you guys have a really a really good program built and it's just going to get built more right. so that's fantastic um <laughs> so um i guess i i can't think of really anything else i think we covered pretty much anything so unless you got anything else to you know to mention, thank you so much, uh, Jesse Gardner of the KU Center for Sexuality and Gender Diversity. Thank you for joining us. Um, and remember, there is a whole BiPlus universe ready to embrace you. Reach out and find your community.